0: Dear Saints, our theme this Advent midweek has been, so we've heard, come and see. We started with St. Andrew telling St. Peter to come and see, and there was no issues. Just came, at least none that the text indicates. And then we got a little bit further off to the side. You have uh, St. Philip telling St. Nathaniel to come and see, and Nathaniel gives the uh, uh, the the well known statement: Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He seems a little bit hesitant, but he goes nonetheless. Last week we were reminded about the the hesitancy or the refusal of the world to see these things, and that uh, we are all in that same reality with one another. That all of us are in our nature born in darkness, and it's only through this invitation to come and see that we are enlightened. And now we finally get to St. Thomas, which is a rather interesting character in this whole thing, that he's given this same invitation, essentially, to come and see, but in this case to come and believe, and he gives kind of the opposite uh, side of this. Unless I see, I will not believe. And this is the final shift that we need to be able to make with this. What sort of seeing have we been talking about this whole time? What sort of seeing is Peter uh, invited to? What sort of seeing is Nathaniel invited to? What sort of seeing do, does the world resist? And that's what these texts are about. Thomas is out somewhere, whether he's not gathered with the apostles in the upper room because he's uh, full of boldness and he's not afraid, because that's why they're gathered there out of fear of the Jews, or that he's just afraid and gathered somewhere else, or he's already in unbelief and doesn't think anything matters, or he's the one who drew the short straw and he's out getting groceries, whatever it might be. Thomas isn't there. Jesus shows up and he says, Behold my hands and my side. And the disciples are glad when they see the the Lord. And he gives the the office of the keys there. Whosoever forgives anyone their sins, they are forgiven. Whoever retains anyone their sins, they are retained. And then Thomas comes by later, and the disciples tell him, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas refuses to believe. Unless I see with my own eyes the marks of the nail and put my fingers into his hands, place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Thomas refuses to believe unless he sees with his own eyes the risen Lord. And so eight days later, they're gathered again, and this time Thomas is with them. And Jesus shows up, and he goes straight to Thomas and says, Behold my hand, behold my side, do not disbelieve but believe. And Thomas is brought to faith. God be praised. So the main focus then of this whole evening he's being brought to this sort of sight. Not not the physical seeing, but the seeing by faith. Because this is what Jesus says at the very end when he gives this kind of little corrective to Thomas. Do you believe because you've seen? Blessed rather are those who have not believed. not Blessed rather are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Thomas, we should remember, actually has a a requirement, essentially, to see Jesus. This is one of the qualifications of the apostolic office. And we see this most clearly in Acts, Acts 1, when they're trying to find a replacement for Judas. And St. Peter gives this great speech, quoting the, the Psalms, and he says, One of these men who's been with us from the very beginning all the way through his resurrection and his ascension one of these men must become with us a witness, an eyewitness of these things, and particularly of the resurrection. So there is a qualification to be an apostle that you actually have to have seen the risen Lord with your eyes. So we shouldn't be too hard on Thomas here. He's actually not all that far off base. But Jesus' corrective still stands, that there is something greater than seeing Jesus pop into the room with you. And it's the sort of faith that's given to everybody else outside of the apostles. The apostles are bound to their eyewitness testimony. But all of the saints of the Old Testament and all of us who have come after the apostolic age are bound to a different reality. We are bound to faith that comes through hearing. And this is why Jesus calls us more blessed, blessed rather are those who have not seen, and yet have believed. And we get this showing up in the, in these different texts for us. So, and so you have uh, Gideon, who starts out with this whole testing of God, and God is quite patient with Gideon. Where he, t- uh, Gideon asks God to put dew just on the fleece, and then dew just on the area around the fleece, and he does all these things. And then after this, Gideon's convinced by sight to go down and to gather up this this army and you've got all these guys there and if you know the story you remember how this goes where over and over the lord starts whittling out more and more people uh from the this army so initially it looks like an army that certainly can win until finally the lord whittles it down to all the people that you think shouldn't be there to begin with and it's rather small and so just by looking at the thing you're kind of convinced There's no way Gideon and this army are winning, but that's looking at this not by faith, but with the mortal eye, with the eyes of the world. The eye of faith, though, looks at what's going on and has full certainty that Gideon and his little army is going to win, not because of their own might, but because of the might of the one who is sending them and the might of the one who stands behind them and the might of the one who's actually fighting, and that's the Lord himself. The Lord is there behind Gideon and his army. The Lord is there fighting for Gideon and his army. And so this army cannot but win because the Lord always wins when he goes to battle. But that is something that you only see by faith as you're looking at. And that's part of what the narrative is teaching us, is to look at things like that by faith. We get this too in the epistle where St. Paul exhorts us to not be children Not that we shouldn't be like little kids, that there's anything wrong with that, but that our faith should not be the faith, it should not be childish. Uh, Children have this propensity to look at things around them and to not necessarily interpret those things properly. And so, for example, a little kid might hear some strange noises outside and not realize that it's just the wind and the the sound of the trees blowing up against the the house and they think that it's some sort of like monster or something trying to get in the house because they've not yet learned to see the world around them properly. They have to grow up into that reality. And St. Paul is exhorting us as Christians to the same thing, but spiritually. To learn to look at the world around us, not in a childish way, but in a faithful way. And the only way that that comes about is through our ears, and this is how the whole thing concludes, that we are built up in truth. We're built up in the Lord's word to know what is true about the things that are around us. And then we get finally back to the narrative with St. Thomas, where we see that uh, instead of seeing is believing, which is what you have with the apostles, that our reality is flipped. That believing is what actually gives us sight that believing is seeing. And this is what we call the eyes of faith. This is where we come into the church and we can see the things that the Lord gives to us by faith for what they are. So we look at the baptismal font, for instance, and we don't just see plain water, but we see the word of God in and with the water. We see the very blood of Christ that is covering our sins. We see all the Lord's mercy to make us his own children and to bring us into his eternal life. These are living waters, not just plain water. We look at the altar and we don't just see bread and wine, but by faith we see Christ's body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins and for the strengthening of our faith and for the bolstering of our love toward one another. And we see the scriptures being read sort of, those we actually just hear, and those are the things that bring about our faith. And we see each other sitting in the pews, and we don't just see a random smattering of people that we may or may not know, but we see our family, our literal brothers and sisters in Christ sitting alongside us. And we look out at the world, and we see not only their unbelief, but we see a world for which our Lord himself has died, a world for which our Lord himself has shed his blood, the world that is spoken of by St. John the Baptist, that we've heard over and over, echoing throughout Advent, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we see by faith a different reality of these people, someone whom the Lord loves enough to die for, to shed his blood for, and therefore people that we can care enough about to invite into that reality. And so when we invite people to come and see, to come and join us, we're inviting them not only to come to this place, to hear the scriptures and to pray and to sing, but we are inviting them to faith, to a new sight. Not, not seeing that is believing, but believing that is seeing. Faith beyond sight, but faith which will be created and sustained and built up by the very things that they do see here, by baptism and by the sacrament of the altar, by the absolution, by one another building each other up in love. And through that faith, they will come to see, most importantly, their Jesus in a more and more profound way until they see Jesus in the same way We will see him the way we will all see him when he returns on the last day, the great and awesome day of his return, when every eye shall see and every knee shall bow. And so we invite those around us to come and see now with us so that they may see and bow in faith on the last day. And so, dear saints, let us live always in that reality with sight that is bolstered, created, and sustained by faith. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.